Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Hunting for Purpose podcast. I am pretty stoked today to be recording a guest episode. I love recording all guest episodes, of course, but it's really, really special for me when I get to bring on someone who's a friend, someone that I've had a long history with, Um, definitely my four line showing. I love, love, love to let you all have an insight into some of these really beautiful relationships that I have with people across the world. And I mean, today's is like, this woman is like the pinnacle of all relationships. <laughs> Today, we are welcoming on the gorgeous Eden Carpenter, who is a well-renowned human design teacher and Jean Keys teacher, a specialist in business and in energetics. She's moving into some stuff around relationships lately, which is super, super, super cool. Um, Eden is just to me, she's a phenomenon in the human design space. So welcome, Eden, to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me here, Holly. I'm so excited for this conversation today. I love talking to you. I know, right? <laughs> so Eden has been, I think you've been on the podcast before, but it was quite a while ago, I feel. Yeah. Um, it was. It was like 2021. That feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> Who are we in 2021? I don't even know. Um, so some of, you, <laughs> some of you may have heard the, the story about Eden before, but um, Eden was definitely one of the biggest voices in drawing me into human design. And uh, I had known about human design. It had certainly been coming up in my space. It had been getting mentioned. I was very, very resistant to the whole thing did not want any more labels, no more languages, no more systems. I was great. Um, And I went into a mastermind with Eden. And not only was she an incredibly profound human design teacher at what? I mean, how old were you then? Like 23 or something ridiculous? I was 23. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're like 10 years younger than me. Anyway, um, <laughs> we we ended up going on a retreat at the end of the mastermind in LA and I got the privilege of sharing an Airbnb with Eden and another couple of people from the mastermind. A bed, in fact. I shared a bed with Eden and she, yeah. patted, she patted me in my together. sleep. <laughs> she did, like I was her dog. She patted me. It was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and uh my six line caring for everyone <laughs> it really was and you know you shared you had a session at that that mastermind right talking about human design which which for me was that was a really conscious moment as you were sharing that I said oh all right okay <laughs> hands off I I surrender if this thing keeps coming at me coming into my space, then then I'll take it and I'll see see what it actually means. And that kind of sparked everything. That was the place where your certification program was birthed as well, standing outside in the sun, like what a moment. Um, and that was the certification program that I completed as well. So um, Eden and I have a, we got a history together, you and I, and it's a nice one. It is. You want to know something really interesting and synchronistic? Yeah, I do. The retreat was this time three years ago. It was 2020 
And I know because I have the certificate, the chart for my certification program, because that's like when the idea came through. And it was February 19th, 20th, 21st, like today's the 21st, or it may have gone to the 22nd, something like that. But yeah, like th literally three years ago today. Aiden, it was. <laughs> was it that was. Certification I love that. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Well, that three years has been a blast. That's been a blast. What a what a yeah. for three years. Okay, so let's back up a little bit. <laughs> can you tell can you tell people your design and your yes. bit of your your stumble into the human design sphere? Of course. I am a 6-2 emotional manifesting generator with seven centers defined and two undefined. And I'm a triple split. So I have a lot of energy that's a little bit all over the place. And I was really trying to figure out who I am, what my big purpose is while I was in college. I was loving the psychology classes that I was in as I was getting ready to get my nursing degree. And nursing just felt like the easy next step. I loved science. I loved how humans worked. And I really wanted to do something that was making a difference and helping people. And I figured I'm going to be a nurse. I'm actually going to help people. And throughout that whole process, I was like, mm, I don't know about this. Like, this does not actually feel like I am helping people. And so I stumbled across human design just came up online it popped up everywhere very similar to you like everyone's talking about it. like what's this thing and so i pulled up my chart and i'm like that's that's too much <laughs> <It's> complicated <laughs> there's numbers there's shapes there's lines of course my heart is empty you know things like that and just like looking at all of these things I'm like nope no way i'm not doing that <laughs> and then it would not leave me alone like it was popping up everywhere i was really obsessed with the myers-briggs personality types at the time to the point where I could have a conversation with somebody and say, are you an ENFP? And they'd be like, excuse me, what, how did you know that? Just because I'd be able to ask the right questions and figure that out. How undefined G-Center of me to wanna to understand people. But I was like, this system works, I don't need another one. But what really got me was I was sitting in a, in a lecture for, it was a psychology class, and this professor maybe used two visual aids the entire semester. He was not, he was a, I'm going to sit up here and I'm going to talk at you kind of professor. So he had these slides up and there's like this weird glitch that happens. There was things about like human behavior and like a quote, but the words human and design in this whole jumble of words on this PowerPoint slide with this glitch in the text, the word human and design were next to each other. And I had this moment of like, okay, this is a sign for me. Like, obviously, the universe is pointing me in this direction. Fine. I'll figure out that human design chart. So I went home, pulled up my chart, pulled up Google, and I'm like, what's a manifesting generator? What's an undefined sacral center? What does it mean when a shape is white or colored? Does a green shape mean different things? All of the very foundational questions that you have. And then I found myself on a blog page reading about the undefined G center. And how you have this, the themes there are you have this constant sensation of searching for a sense of identity, searching for a sense of direction, searching for a sense of purpose or lovability. And I literally like zoomed out and saw myself frantically consuming the system that's telling me who I am and telling me how I operate. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> everything I have ever done has been in pursuit of like, what is my purpose? Who am I meant to be? There so it is. just felt like this huge sense of relief. <laughs> This huge sense of relief of like, I don't have to keep searching for a purpose or searching for the sense of lovability. Like this is just a sensation that I'm going to experience throughout my life. And even like the Myers-Briggs personality types didn't feel like it called me out at such a deep level. So I started playing with it in college. I started playing with it to like get better grades, to study better, to learn, to take better care of my body, to really just like work with and be successful in college, to motivate myself, to do the things that I didn't want to do. And it worked really, really well. And then a couple of years later, it was like two years later at least, I felt the urge to learn more about other people. I learned my chart. I knew me pretty well, but I was curious about other people watching my classmates I'm like what are you a projector like you might be a projector I can kind of see that in you and so I got curious and I put on my Instagram like hey DM me your birth time and your email address like nothing creepy and I'll just make you a free human design chart reading I felt like I'm like there's no way anyone's gonna respond to this like this is a long shot I have 200 followers that don't actually care like I don't know what I'm posting over here I'm just sharing my thoughts on the internet and over 150 people responded within like weeks within a couple of weeks and so i did i think the total was over 160 of these free readings 
while I'm in nursing school. So I'm just, you know, squeezing these in between studying <laughs> sessions and clinical rotations at the hospital. I'm like, you're a manifesting generator and this is what this means. And I would just send out those readings and the feedback I got was like, oh my God, I've literally been trying to figure this out for years. And the way that you explained it, like just clicks, that just makes sense. Like I feel so seen right now, do you offer coaching? And so I started charging for readings. I started charging for coaching, got a couple of clients, made a couple of courses. And then that led to, that's where I was in the, the mastermind where we were like, okay, you, you need to make a certification program. <laughs> I launched a certification program and here I am today. I mean, like, that was such a... Long story short. <laughs> As the manifester too in that experience, like just to like zone in on that, the whole birth of the certification, like seeing you express this like, oh, I, I kind of, I think, I think I need to create this thing. Like I think that maybe this needs to come through me. And to, to me as the manifester, it was like, well, duh. Like, of, of course, <laughs> like, why wouldn't you just go ahead and put that? Like, I was yeah. baffled that you were even questioning it, right? Um, <laughs> which I think is so, like, so common between the manifester and the manifesting generator. It's like, we we have this, like, well, what other choice do we have except to initiate yeah. this thing that is coming through? Because it's consuming my entire mm-hmm. body and mind, but... Right manifesting generators are so much more kind of widespread and and seeing so many more things and responding to so many more things I think mm-hmm. sometimes there's this complexity for you guys in wait like should I can, can I like is this the thing like probably yes yeah. it probably is the thing <laughs> um, what I love about your story too is that it's so it's just actually like on a completely different line right like looking at business just quickly um I, in having all of these conversations with people in the human design space, which has been really beautiful, one of the common threads that has come through is that every single person has had this sort of long evolution into their business as human design mm-hmm. people, you know, whatever, whatever category we want to put that under. Erin um, uh, Claire Jones especially has like a fascinating story. I mean, for her, this has been like a 10-year growth and it took at least the first five years before she kind of did anything with it and like that's true mm-hmm. of your story as well is like slow movement into this space and I think that's worth mentioning because often there can be this experience where um you know people are seeing the exterior of the present moment mm-hmm. and saying like well you must have instantly gotten there like no no, <laughs> all of this is an evolution. All of this is a um, a personal integration and a personal growth that can then be used in an external way. And so you can't skip mm-hmm. over all of that embodiment and all of that growth. And I think, you know, as somebody who's, who's able to kind of witness you in a, a slightly up close way, that's so true of your story is that mm. take these experiences, you go through that shadow work, through that conditioning work, through that journey, integrate it, and then you move that out into yeah. something that you do in your business. And that's like really currently what's happening too, yeah, in the the way that you're moving your content and your, I guess, like yeah. your theme, the stuff that you focus on, yeah? Yeah, it's very manifesting generator. Like, oh, this is the phase theme that I'm working through right now. This is what I want to create. This is what I want to talk about. And then it's almost like, I feel like this is just very six two. It's almost like I'm constantly living two lives. I have the stuff that I've like feel really confident in embodying the stuff that I am. I feel like I've mastered. I feel like I can actually teach other people with, but always at the same time, there's also that deep personal work that I am doing and the deep integration that I am doing for the things that are probably going to come in the future. But I have to like work with first. And so we saw that with the certification, like I had to figure it out for myself first, but on the outside, I'm this nursing student. I'm this great grades. I'm helping with the study groups. I'm not carpooling with everybody, but like internally, I'm like, okay, who am I? And what's my purpose? And what are these star signs telling me? <laughs> so there's always like this, this dual life that I feel like I live. Um, maybe that's a manifesting generator thing of just like multitasking, but <laughs> maybe maybe yeah I think that could be reflected in like a number of different philosophies Mm -hmm. and languages but it's beautiful regardless of what it is (laughs) all right 
let's let's talk manifestors for a little bit. Do what do you remember the first manifesto that you came across? Do you have a recollection of that? Ooh. I think I looked up a lot of charts and like everyone in my family is generators and manifesting generators. My niece is an emotional manifester. So I think she was probably the first chart that I ran. But when I was first getting into human design, she was one. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Like, not much going on. quite the same story. Yeah. Um, Catherine McCallion was somebody that I worked with and I'm still really good friends with. I think you are probably one of the first manifestors. But it wasn't just like a reading, but I got to know you and got to watch you a lot closer. Mm. And yeah, you're, you've been a really fun manifester to watch. God, thank you. <laughs> I feel like splenic manifestors are just kind of the wild ones. Like, weird. That's what makes you fun. <laughs> right? I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Um, what, what do you, oh, man, the spleen is running the show today, guys. So, like, let me just stumble over myself as we move through this. Um, what do you think that those first reflections were? Like, feel free to reflect on me if you like. Well, what were some of the first things that you noticed about being around that manifesto energy? There's a different sensation physically when it comes to talking to a manifester. And I think like now I understand it's that closed aura, but it almost felt like every single time when I was just starting to figure out manifestors, it felt like they were challenging me. Mm -hmm. And maybe it was like the first couple of manifestors that I really worked with were so skeptical about human design. Like even you mentioned that you're like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not you. like that. I'm resistant <laughs> to that. So there can be this resistance. And so like, I felt that at first of like this hesitation to like, you're not going to tell me anything <laughs> energy. And so it's been interesting to kind of like, just tell you little things, like tell you this, tell you that. And I remember like being on calls and be like, oh, I'm like seeing this channel for you like this. Like, let me share a little <laughs> insight here. Let you me were so good a little at that. insight there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like poking little holes and like letting you come to your own conclusions. But I think with manifestors, it's really important to remember that I'm not going to change your mind. I am not going to be able to come in, change your mind, change your direction because your closed aura is just not receptive to that. And so if you want to be receptive to certain things, it has to be like that initiation and urge inside of you that says, okay, I will say yes to this, but you're not just going to see my content and respond to it the same way that a generator would or a manifesting generator feel invited. It's very much like it has to be your idea. And being able to witness my little niece grow up, she's a 2-4 emotional manifester. And I see it very much in like it has to be her idea. So telling her you have to go brush your teeth, will not do that. Lots of resistance. But if you ask her, what do you want to do before you go to bed? she will be able to inform you of like, I feel like I want to do this and then I want to do this and then I'll be able to brush my teeth. You can say, what do you want to do before you go to bed? You do have to brush your teeth within that. You can do this before, you can do that after. Just giving it, letting it be your idea, is, I think is such a powerful way because I'm not going to be able to predict the next urge that your energy wants to go in. I'm not going to be able to predict the new path because you're here to expand the collective. And so I can't predict which direction you're going to expand us in, but I can give you things to respond to that will hopefully just give you evidence to help you build up that urge on your own. Yeah. Mm, so good. So good. I love the point that you made um, about your niece with that, this space of like, you you do have to brush your teeth, right? So <laughs> That is going to be one of the things that we're going to do. However, I'm going to give you a level of autonomy in that. And I, I think that that is such a catching point for adult mm -hmm. manifestors because a lot of the conversation and content that we get in the human design space, it's kind of um, really like the same like four or five things about manifestors just said yeah. like over and over and over again and <laughs> unfortunately. And one of those things is like, you just do you, like you make your own rules, like you don't have to follow the rules. And that's actually not true. It's really, really pretty far from the truth. And so we get this sort of internal friction of like, but there are rules that I have to follow. There are things that I have to do, certainly just as a, a human being and a citizen, right? I, I have to yeah. follow like social rules. Mm -hmm. And when we look at like business, there are rules of business that we 
have to follow, right? Um, And I think even more so in relationships, this is where we start to see that it gets kind of sticky for us in relationships because there there are certain requirements of being in a relationship with another person that manifest or not, you need to follow that, right? You need yeah. to be respectful of the other person. You need to offer compassion and, and thoughtfulness. You need to work on your communication. You need to allow intimacy, right? All of all of these yeah. things. Um, and like there's, I, I think that <laughs> just framing that slightly differently is mm-hmm. really important for manifestors oh, to yeah. know. Like there are things that you are going to have to do However, mm-hmm. it does need to be your choice, right? And and yeah. sometimes there's going to be that back and forth balance of like, well, I've I've followed a lot of rules today, mm-hmm. or like I've done a lot of responding today, and I'm tired because of that, and so I'm going to take it easy on myself <laughs> for a little bit. Um, but I think that rule following thing is so that's so clear in manifesting generators as well, right? It's just that you guys can respond, but you still like struggle, struggle with the rule part. Does that resonate for you? That space of like, I, I have to, I have to follow this. I don't want to. Absolutely. I mean, it brings up just like things that we are required to do to live, which are like, we have to make a living. We have to keep ourselves clean. We have to feed ourselves. There's just like things that are required for living that can be really frustrating. Like I get mad at the laundry every single time I have to put it away. <laughs> it's like, why is there still laundry here? I don't want to like, I don't want to do this. Um, but what I've found is that like, especially when you're making it your idea, it's really about finding motivation that works for you because it may not feel good to put away the laundry, but it feels good to have it done. Yeah. It may feel really good to do drugs, but you probably won't <laughs> feel good about having done them. <laughs> Yep. Afterwards. So yes, it has to be your idea, but it also like, I think that your motivation is so important because it's easy to create out of anger. It's easy to create out of rage. I have rage created. I have rage posted. I'm like, I'm, t- I'm so sick of everyone asking me this dumb question. I'm just going to answer it here. <laughs> and then anytime anyone says anything, I'm just sending this to you because I'm over it. And so like sometimes we can create from rage. Sometimes we can create from that anger. Anger is an emotion. It's still a sensation. And that sensation, it's really like our body creates sensations to give us energy to do things. Mm. And so <clears throat> for the manifester, it's about attaching peace to and like pleasure to the outcome of something that feels good to do. Mm. So if you want it to be your idea, you want to be someone who has a clean house. If you want to be someone who has a clean house, then you probably don't want to waste your energy trying to convince yourself every single day that you have to clean your house. So we can attach peace to the end. We can attach peace to it feels peaceful to maintain my home or I am maintaining a peaceful environment and that feels good. And then it is your idea. Then it's you maintaining your peace instead of I'm angry because the rules are that I have to clean my house Mm -hmm. and I don't want to clean my house. And so it's more about just switching the switching the motivation like what are you attaching meaning to what are you attaching motivation to and so if you're wanting to motivate yourself as a manifester it's really about maintaining your peace what are things that would if you got them done today you would feel peaceful and like that's going to be so more motive so much more motivating than what should i be doing today because that's just riddled in shame and guilt and then you're angry because the world is telling you that you have to do something you're like i should do it well those are rules not alike rules this wasn't my idea <laughs> you just work yourself up into a tizzy instead of saying like okay making sales is part of my business it's just a part of life it's part of the process and so to maintain my peace i'm just gonna make this a part of my process i'll sell every other day or i will sell during certain seasons but that way you're still feeling like you're in control you're still feeling like it's your idea and your focus on like you're doing that thing to maintain your peace you're not doing it to follow the rules or to be a good girl or to fit in or to do the thing you should do you're doing it because it allows you to feel peaceful Mm. Yeah. yeah riff on motivation i love it that anger piece the anger piece right not peace p-e-a-c-e p-e-i-e-c-e <laughs> that anger part um you know i i think that there is so much more of a similarity in the anger experience between manifestors and mgs than is ever really 
acknowledged. And um, because MGs are so often spoken about as like frustration, Mm -hmm. right? But I I recently had an experience with an MG where I received like the full force of their anger. And it was so startling to me. Mm -hmm. It was was so confronting (laughs) to me because firstly, it's really hard to receive. And and secondly, that illuminated for me really starkly what it has felt like to other people to receive my Mm. anger, right? And the kind of like ferocity of that anger and the burn of that Mm. anger, that really, that really was a, um, I mean, initially that was a moment of shame for me. And then I had to kind of like journey, journey through that, like a lot of, yeah, you know, a lot of um, like self-criticism. Beautiful opportunity. Yeah, right. Can you talk about what is that, what's the experience of anger like as an MG? Because I'm curious when it's mixed with frustration. And then mm-hmm. have you experienced anger from a manifesto? Like, do you see any differences there? Or are we basically all just the same? Like we're walking around as raging volcanoes underneath. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I first want to actually start with teasing apart frustration versus anger because As someone who experiences both, I have a unique perspective on them. So I feel like frustration is easy to empathize with because Mm -hmm. you're not mad at other people. You're mad at the situation. Frustration is I'm working hard on this and it's not working the way I want it to work. And so someone comes in and they're like, oh, yeah, if I was putting in that effort, I would also be frustrated that it's not working. And so it's very much like if that's that open aura, it's that enveloping aura, I'm going to bring you into my environment, you're going to feel what I'm feeling, Mm -hmm. emotional authority too, but like, you're going to feel this, you're going to respond to this, and you're going to say, oh, yeah, that would be frustrating for me too. And so I feel like that's easy to empathize with, especially because it has this like, almost this moral neutrality because you're frustrated with the situation you're frustrated at yourself versus anger is so loaded because anger is usually directed at either a person or you you're either mad that you didn't do something right or mad that it didn't work out the way you wanted it to or you're mad at other people for not getting it for not seeing it for not understanding so immediately with anger and you're noticing like oh it's hard to empathize it feels harsh it feels like fire it's, it's less easy to empathize because we see someone angry and we say, you're in the wrong mm-hmm. because you're mad at someone else. You're not understanding them. You're not understanding or empathizing with the situation. Like you can't just be mad at other people. You can't control other people. Like you should just simmer down. You're fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think that the response to anger versus frustration is so different. And I think that that's why anger just kind of grows and grows and grows and can become even harsher and even harsher because it's really like it's a deep sense of sadness you are sad that you feel misunderstood you are sad that there is distance you are sad that you're trying to say something you're trying to get people to see something and like there's just a disconnect and so Mm -hmm. anger is rooted in sadness versus frustration is rooted in like I'm frustrated at the situation. This should be working differently. And so it's it's deeper. It's it's so much deeper. And so when people see somebody who's angry, there's almost always this like, I see someone, I saw someone at the store the other day. They were complaining about like the cashier said something rude. They wanted to talk to the manager. And like, all I want to do, I'm like, you're mad because of like your, your fried chicken piece. Like, I don't, I don't understand. I wanted to say like, are you okay? Like, <laughs> is there, you know, what else is going on for you? Chicken. Yeah. this is not about the chicken like what's actually going on under the surface Mm -hmm. and so I think that because anger it's like it's rooted in sadness and it's complicated and there's layers it's so much more difficult and it's almost intimidating to try and empathize because you you receive that you're like oh she's angry at me your walls go up you're like no I didn't do anything wrong this is your fault what else is going on inside of your little aura that is causing you to react to this like and it's again it's a pushback and like you're not doing something right there's something wrong with you and I think that anger especially with the manifestor aura and even the manifesting generator aura it comes to this like I want to do this thing but it's almost like you get afraid to initiate something so like you haven't gotten it up to this point like you just have you haven't understood me every time I've tried to explain it for the last six years what like if I do it is it actually going to work is it actually going to make sense and so I think that when anger is not acknowledged when that sadness is not witnessed and recognized 
that it's, it just spirals and then it leads to a lack of self-trust. And then you are angry that you see the world differently, that you operate differently, that you have this urge and this inner connection, but then you're holding it back. And then it's just perpetuating that anger. So I think anger is easier to ignore and blame the manifester for. And it's more of like, oh, I'm the problem. And so it's easier to kind of spiral than like frustration. It's so like I'm mad at the situation and everyone comes in like, oh, of course you're mad at the situation. You'll get through it. That's just life. <laughs> yeah. 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 That understanding that sadness is really what exists under anger. Oh, profound, Eden. Oh, my God. True, true, true. And it is it's often um, a representation of grief. And, mm -hmm. and heartache, you know, this this deep wounding and hurt. Like that's that's why I'm angry. That's why I'm expressing it this way. And I think um, what I've noticed is that, you know, in, in the manifesto, because of the closed aura, the anger is unexpected, right? It's kind of like there's no warning. It, yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> there it is. It takes us by surprise too. Like I, you know, can be peaceful and calm and, and everything's mm -hmm. great and then, whoa, there's a whole lot of anger present very quickly. Um, and I, what I've seen in manifesting generators is that there's more of a buildup, right? It mm -hmm. kind of seems to originate more with that like frustration and I kind of see that the MG is trying to work through it, <laughs> like work through it and work through it. And then it escalates into anger. But um, I'm curious whether you feel as an MG that because of that response to anger, which is so correct, do you feel like you've had to like dampen that down that like frustration has been acceptable but anger has not been acceptable yeah. express absolutely like so much um I've even noticed myself like this last year I did a lot of deep emotional work I worked with some shamans she did a lot of Akashic record healing I went back through nine generations of ancestral healing did a lot a lot of emotional work a lot of I'm deep like healing. overachieving and MG by the way <laughs> how many generations did you go back oh nine <laughs> nine <laughs> next time I might do 27 you know <laughs> yeah next year we'll get to the hundreds <laughs> yeah, okay we'll <clear> everyone <laughs> Carry on, carry on. You're telling a beautiful story. Yep. Yes. Um, let's see, where was I actually going with that story? <laughs> I interrupted you. Worst thing ever. You were doing emotional healing work, going back through the generations. Okay, so um, anger versus frustration. I kept, like, hearing people, like, these ancestors or the coaches that I was working say, like, you have a lot of, like, sadness and rage underneath there. Like, you need to let it go. You need to let it out. You need to do something with it. I'm like... No, it's just frustration. Like I can, I can pivot and see it as just frustration. Like, yeah, yes, I'm like really pissed off that the world just like doesn't understand me. But really, I'm just mad at the situation that I've put in this effort. And so I will actually, I found myself resonating with or labeling things as frustration a lot more than anger. And I think that also comes from just the literature that says manifesting generators are like you're a generator first and foremost. Mm. But I have the 3420 channel, which is it's a direct connection <laughs> to the throat. It's like, yes, it is a generated channel, but it's also not. It is a weird hybrid. And so I've noticed that like frustration will build up. I'm like, okay, the situation's not going right. This isn't working. And then sometimes if there's a person that is interrupting my creative flow, I will snap and get angry. Like if I am here working and I'm frustrated, I'm like trying to do this, I'm trying to do that, and this isn't working, and I'm re-recording this, like whatever it is, work is really frustrating. If my husband comes in to talk to me more than twice, I'm probably going to get mad. <laughs> Even if it's just like, what do you want for dinner? I'm like taking my headphones off, spinning around like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? What do I want for dinner? Why are you here? And like that almost always like shocks him. And it always shocks me too of like, whoa, you're literally just asking me what I want for dinner. I'm sorry that came out that way. But yeah, I'm angry. <laughs> it's not yeah. necessarily you. It's it's just this anger building up. So there are moments where it does come out as anger, but it is, it's it almost feels safer to label it as frustration because then it's almost like I can blame the situation instead of acknowledging the fact that I am sad. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, I think the hard thing is like as, as manifestors, we don't have that choice. It's like anger <laughs> is it. 
that's 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 what we got that's our that's our mm-hmm. thing and um most often we end up in cycles yes of, of people pleasing but like a lot deeper than that we do mm-hmm. you touched on it before like we end up in this place where we start to fracture our self-trust where we start to disconnect from that mm-hmm. that inner voice from that sovereign connection with our energy because we're saying I'm denying an expression of myself because I am afraid of what yeah. other people are going to do or or how they're going to see me, how they're going to reject mm-hmm. me, how they're going to demonize me. Like in the end, that's going to create more hurt for me. Um, even if the people I'm expressing that to love me and accept me, then I have this shame around hurting them mm-hmm. in my anger. Um, and I, I, just, I think there's a lot of healing for both manifesting and manifesting generators, like in that space, like how do we learn to use our anger in these ways that are, are not hurtful to other people, but are still mm-hmm. true to the expression of that energy and the way that yeah. it's expressed, right? There's yeah. kind of like a, I think a holy reclamation of anger mm-hmm. along this yeah. Yeah, I've been getting certified in rapid resolution therapy lately, which is a fun little modality that's blending like conversational hypnosis with neuro-linguistic programming. And it has some really fascinating theories on emotions and specifically like stuck emotions. And so anger specifically sends, when you're feeling the emotion of anger, what your nervous system is going to do is it sends blood and energy to your jaw. So I would not be surprised if a lot of manifestors and manifesting generators deal with TMJ. I, I know do. that like I was grinding my teeth yeah. for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very true, very true. Yeah, because it's stuck, it's stuck energy. And so what I've been playing with with rapid resolution therapy is like their perspective is that the mind creates emotions as a sensation to give you energy. It is a motivation. And so this anger, and I think about it with the manifestor aura, your body pulls in this anger as a source of motivation mm-hmm. because that's energy. But if you are, let's say you're really hungry and you're like, okay, I have to make dinner. What do I want for dinner? And your kid comes up and gives you a chocolate bar and says, oh, you're hungry. Here you go. And you're like, thank you. That's great. I need dinner. I need real food. I'm not going to eat this <laughs> chocolate bar first. I know you see that I'm hungry. Thank you very much for this, for these quick calories. Like that's not going to keep me full. So you're still trying to figure out like, okay, what do I want to do for dinner? And they're like, oh, you're still hungry. Here's another one. Here's another chocolate bar. And if they just keep giving you these chocolate bars, all of a sudden you have this stack of chocolate bars. Like, cool. I have a lot of quick calories and a lot of energy that I could use, but it's not the right energy that I'm trying to work with. But if there's enough of them, all of a sudden your kitchen is just covered in chocolate bars and you don't have the space to actually do what you need to do with the energy that you want to be using. And so what I think about when a manifester experiences that anger, it's a sign that something can be more aligned. There is an opportunity here for something to change. And it really means like, hey, quick switch equals peace. That's what it means. It's like, hey, quick switch equals peace. And so what rapid resolution therapy has taught me is that when the blood is in the jaw, it's not in our brain. And so you can be really angry and you can be in that moment and you could bite the heck out of your laptop or your phone or that email, but it's not actually helpful. And so when we are working with that anger, it's saying like you recognize, okay, cool. This is an opportunity to shift, to do something else, to find more peace in this moment and letting go of that anger and letting it be like saying, thank you for this unnecessary motivation, but I don't need it. And Mm -hmm. the thing is that if we're in the pursuit of peace, like if you were peaceful, you'd still show up for your business. Mm -hmm. You don't need the anger to show up for your business. You don't need the anger to make you want to be better. You are going to want to inform. You are going to want to have these urges. You are going to want to do the things that you want to do, even without that additional anger. So it will show up for you. It's going to make your jaw really, really strong for a couple of minutes. And you can smile and say, okay, awesome. My jaw is really strong. But right now, what would be more beneficial is if I can recognize that I'm feeling angry and I actually want to feel connected to my 
intuition. Because if the blood is in your jaw, you're not going to be tuning into your splenic center. You're not going to be tuning into like, okay, what is my design? How can I inform? What do I need to inform on? You're just angry and all you can see is anger and that's going to fuel the action versus being able to say, wow, I'm really angry. Awesome. That means there's an opportunity for change. And I don't know, easier said than done. <laughs> like, oh, right? Don't be angry. <laughs> very like a neat little package. Yeah, but that's very that's very correct. And I've actually seen some um, some conversation like floating around lately about um, kind of exactly that, like, oh, no, anger for a manifesto, like, fuels the creation. No, Mm-mm. no. <laughs> because um, a creation really can and I think is best to be fueled from peace because it's a place of alignment. But additionally, like, I don't think that we need to um, use anger to create any action or lack of action at all. I think that anger is that place of what's the communication telling me here that I am now able to shift, that I can move into a different place. Like do I, if I get angry at somebody telling me what to do, right, maybe I'm in this this dynamic with a person where they're constantly telling me what to do, do I really need my anger to motivate me to remove myself from that situation? Or can I receive my anger as the communication of this is not correct for me to be here and then I can use my peace to allow me to move myself from that situation? Like I just think we kind of get that skewed a bit, like mm-hmm. um, peace creates action too yeah and it's it's a much better place to be taking action from it's also ultimately kind of harder to get into that place of peace than it is yeah you know anger is Mm -hmm. yeah I mean anger is very reactive (laughs) right it's easier to grab hold of it's also it's just easier to be out of alignment than it is to be in a life a lot of the time (laughs) Especially since that's just our conditioning, right? You know, your entire life you've been told who you have to be and you've been told it's not safe to be who you are. So you're like, oh, this is just like how I have to be. And that becomes the unconscious programming until you decide that it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, correct. Correct. Which is the beauty of that manifest energy across the board. As soon as you've decided, that's it. That's the way that the energy is moving. Yeah, like it's just done, right? Which is how like everyone with that manifest energy can can pivot and move and Mm -hmm. kind of be drastically different from one day to the next. Um, Can we, speaking of pivoting, can we pivot to business a little bit? Because I am curious, I'm curious for your insights. Um, I know that one of the like beautiful ways that you relate with manifestors is that you you witness a lot of manifestors in business. You kind of have this like front row seat to seeing a number of manifestors in business. Um, and as a manifestor that is witnessed by you, I mean, that's gorgeous. Let me just say thank you for like <laughs> holding that space and allowing that. Yeah. What is it that you have observed from, from seeing manifestors in business? Like how, what have you seen in how we do that well and maybe in how we kind of, like sabotage ourselves a bit in business. Ooh, yes. I really love when a manifester feels like whatever they're about to do is really reckless, but they just don't give a fuck. Yes. <laughs> like they the just do place. not care. Yes, yes. So one of the manifestors I've been watching a lot lately is Victoria Washington. Oh yeah. And she's, she's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I she's love what emotional her. manifester. Yeah. Yeah. Super fascinating. I have a friend who's like working with her privately right now. So I'm like sneaking. She's also a manifester. I'm like sneaking in on all of the things. Yeah. Yeah. Whole whole vibe over here. <laughs> a lot of manifester energy. Yes. She's been talking a lot lately. Um, Victoria Washington has been talking about how manifester aura, like that manifester aura is like lightning. It's here to activate things. It's here to initiate people. But sometimes that lightning isn't supposed to bring something all the way to the ground Mm -hmm. and how sometimes it's just supposed to like spark up in the sky and then let the clouds for like rain, let the clouds come Mm -hmm. down to the sky, let the rain, you know, kind of come back down to earth. But really, it's okay to be really up in the clouds. 
I think that that's really important. I think manifestors need to be delusional, like absolutely delusional in your own world because you are. <laughs> You're in a closed aura that says, this is my world. I have a direct line to source back here that no one else can access to. I'm going to call up the big G-O-D on my phone <laughs> and just have a conversation about like what needs to be expanded for the collective. And then I'll be the lightning to make it happen. And so you have this like direct line. But if you're listening to the voices of reality, if you're listening to the voices of everyone who says this is what has been done, this is what works, this is what has to be done, then you're going to talk yourself out of following that nudge that is actually like a divine intervention because you're going to do things that no one has done before. You're going to bring us into new directions. You're going to start things that have literally never even been conceptualized before. And so if you're listening to the voice of realism, if you're looking to people like people who've done things cannot guide you to someplace that they've never been. Mm -hmm. And you're going somewhere where no one has gone before. And so you have to be delusional because your delusional ability to block out everyone else and just like zone in on that sensation, that feeling, that urge, and just like letting it come through is so powerful. I love watching that happen in business. The thing that is sad to watch and sad to see is when manifestors don't wait for their urge to really mature. Mm. when they get like the little bit of an idea and then they try and run with it they try and respond instead of letting that momentum build I really see that like it's like a slingshot it's like a slow burn with a manifestor urge like it has to build in intensity until you literally cannot hold it anymore and then it comes out and I've actually noticed that in my own creative cycle as well of like if I jump into something too fast it's wrong. It like fizzles. <laughs> mm. It fizzles if I don't let it get to its full capacity before I bring it out into the world. So it's sad to see manifestors. Um, like years ago, I did a session with a manifestor and then she's like, I've never heard of human design. I'm like, it's my first reading. I'm so excited. And the next day she says, I've been working with human design for months now and I'm offering readings. Oh, like, no. Oh, honey. <laughs> no. Like, the next day <laughs> I was like you did not let that urge happen yep and then two weeks later she wasn't talking about human design anymore <laughs> of course and, like, I saw that happen yeah <laughs> like oh that's gonna fizzle so quickly but then you you were like mm, I don't know about this then you learned about it you worked with it for yourself and it you let that urge grow and then that became the manifesto community that it is today but that is something that wasn't done before. Like none of the human design people were saying this is a community just for manifestors. People were talking like the teaching human design, but not niching down to a specific type. So you did something that no one had done before. Mm -hmm. And even within that realm of human design, like you initiated something because you allowed that urge to grow. And like, I remember the pivot party oh, yeah, the <laughs> going pivot in a new party. direction. Yeah. yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. That's right. You were part of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun yeah yeah I, I I love that I love that because um like that's such an experimental thing like there's just there's kind of no guidebook on on what that line is like where where is it when the urge is big enough and it's full enough and it's ready um and I like I just want to own like I don't have that correct like all of the time like I am guessing alongside everybody else and even like the last couple of things that I've produced I went too early yeah and like they weren't mm -hmm. they weren't full and they weren't mature yet and like either I disengaged from them or not enough people engaged with them and then I was like well fine fuck you I'm out like <laughs> right because what I was actually looking for no, was that responsive validation <laughs> yeah like now I'm angry because you didn't give me what I wanted Right. So um, <laughs> we're allowed to be messy with with all of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even having that experience of being this person in business that is working within uh, like an existing business model. I mean, business is business. We can be innovative and we can be creative within it. Sure. Especially now, like in the digital entrepreneurial space, but mm -hmm. business is still business. And um, I think as manifestors, when we try to enter our our energy into a business and we're trying to fuse this like 
I've got this mad concept. <laughs> like no one can show me how to do it. And I don't even know that I have mm-hmm. the skills or the resources to be able to do it, but I'm I'm going to do that and I'm going to try and place it in this container of business. Like that's a tough mm-hmm. road. That's it is a, it's a tough road to do it. And I think that it because I think generally for us to do well in business as manifest is we need to have a sense of safety anywhere, um, mm-hmm. so have a lot of vulnerability in in producing our urges. And I think MGs are the same. I've seen a lot of MGs like really struggle mm-hmm. with that. Like I, I have to be safe before I can bring this across. Mm-hmm. Um, that means that we will hold things quietly until we feel like it's safe enough to start getting it out there and and what that produces is that there's you know all of these people around us that are really enamored by what we've created and really into it and really inspired but they haven't seen the the journey up until that point right they haven't seen the kind of exquisite mess that occurred (laughs) so like get it get it to that place um and you and I were speaking before we came on like we were able to spend a little bit of time with Vanessa earlier in this week um journeying into sort of some I won't reveal too much don't worry Vanessa but it journeying into some of that the sacredness of what she's currently creating um and that was so special right we were both reflecting that like being able to see that urge as it's being built like behind that closed aura was really like that's that's pretty special that's pretty rare and like I think we just need to have a whole bunch of grace for ourselves in that experience in business. Like it's okay. You're going to yeah. feel like you need to be secretive. Like you're not always going to get the timing of everything correct. Mm. Like, yes, sometimes you're going to um, create something and birth it and it's not going to be received the way that you thought it might be received. And you'll feel hurt yeah. by that. And that hurt will create anger and that's okay. Just receive mm-hmm. it and and move forward. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm not sure that manifestors kind of get enough like credit for that. You know, like this <laughs> this is hard. Yeah. What you all want us to do, like it this takes is courage. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of courage necessary because, like, you're sourcing from your soul when you're creating especially in the like entrepreneurial business space you could be you know, creating low content offers where you write a fancy quote on a blank journal and selling it on amazon you can make a living doing that mm-hmm. doing something super simple very impersonal but if you're listening to this podcast and it's called hunting for purpose <laughs> you are purpose driven <laughs> you are generally you are yeah. here on a mission yeah, just generally, just maybe. Um, and so the work that you're here to share, like the urges that you're here to birth, you're sourcing from your soul. So everything you put out there is personal. Everything that you share is like your baby. Everything that you are creating is like you're putting a, a piece of your heart out on the internet with every single post and every single offer. So of course it's going to feel vulnerable. And within that vulnerability, you can take back some of your sovereignty and your power because you know, just in the experience of business, some things aren't going to work. Some things are going to work. Some things are going to be a little too soon. Some things are going to be a little bit too late. And if you allow those things to make you angry every single time, if you allow one thing, like one launch, not quite going in the direction that you want to go, and then you get angry and you're going to tear everything down, then your business has control over you and you don't have emotional freedom, your anger is going to run the show very easily. It's really easy to build resentment in the online business space. Like I am doing everything I should be doing. Why are they not buying? My audience is just a whole bunch of lazy, not go-getters. They just won't take action. Oh yeah, they're assholes. Like they won't pay me. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. It's really easy to feel resentful. I mean, like I had a lot of resentment last year when I thought I had all of these invitations and all of these people like asking me for business content. Like I'm going to launch a business academy. I hyped it up. I ran it with my team. I had a whole podcast series. I did everything for this launch and no one signed up. I spent three months like working up to this. 
I'm literally traveling internationally while it's launching. And I'm just sitting there with like, <laughs> nobody has signed up. Like people are saying, oh my gosh, this sounds so cool. <laughs> no one signed up. And I was livid. I yeah. was so mad. I was like, how ungrateful. <laughs> yes. Screw to you ask me all. To create this. To be giving me these invitations, to be in my DMs, constantly asking me about business content, and I give it to you, and you don't even want it. (laughs) And so it's easy. It's easy to say, like, the people are wrong. I'm mad at them. They They just don't get it. But what was necessary in that moment was like, I needed to figure out how to pivot because if I stayed in that anger, I wasn't going to be able to make the decisions that were going to allow me to like recapture my revenue, recapture the sales that I needed to be bringing in. I was, I wouldn't be able to make smart business decisions in that moment if I allow that anger to take over. And so you get to, as a manifester, there's going to be things in business that piss you off. There are going to be things in anything piss you off literally going to the grocery store just waking up in the morning (laughs) having to shower you're gonna have resentment you're gonna have anger pop up wherever but it doesn't have to ruin your day and it doesn't have to control your actions next you can recognize that anger you can say oh cool i'm mad again great this means that there's an opportunity to shift into something else and then you can look for that intelligence you can let go of that tension in your jaw and you can let that blood go back to your brain so that you can make the smart decisions, so you can initiate the things that are right, so you can connect with that inner source and that inner guidance that's saying, this is the next thing. You can hear your splenic intuition like whispering in your ear, or you can you know, feel your ego authority, like emotional authority, whatever authority. You can feel it. You can hear it once you allow yourself to move past that anger. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, that's the best. <laughs> it's just it's just so correct it's so correct that experience of like I am so angry and so resentful that I I did this thing and there was this element of service in what I did like I put my energy behind this and it was going to be good for you and then you didn't do what you were meant to do in response to me <laughs> but um that's yeah. just we have to acknowledge that as part of the experience. Like we get to be, mm-hmm. we get to be a bit off the mark sometimes. Like that's yeah. that's part of the growth lesson is sometimes you don't know how to be mm-hmm. on the mark until you've been off the mark, right? And um, yeah, it, it's okay. It's okay to like rant at your audience, probably in private. It's probably best not do it directly <laughs> at them. <laughs> that's okay to have that expression an emotional uh, breakdown (laughs) cried for an hour with my husband and then went back to being a boss ass bitch (laughs) right like okay now I'm back I'm back I I got this going on right (laughs) yeah so good there are like 50 more topics that I could talk to you about easily easily but I'm gonna wrap up because people have been listening for a while by this stage um I know that as a as a fellow manifestor energy type, as an MG, especially also as a fellow undefined G Santa, you never really know <laughs> where you're going or or what's what's happening or what's coming through you. But um, is there anything that you're aware of that people might want to get up in your your space to discover? By the time this podcast, like this podcast is gonna be airing in so many months that I have no idea what I have going on currently <laughs> when you guys are listening to like that is a but if you come find me everyone. on Instagram <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you don't need to know everything yeah I, I was laughing about this earlier someone was like how do you plan like what's your like they were asking about my five-year plan and I just started laughing I was like you think I have a plan <laughs> I like know. I need to have a to-do list <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. What do I feel like doing today? I'll get something done and things happen. <laughs> but yeah, come hang out with me on Instagram at I am Eden Carpenter and see whatever I'm up to now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mentioned earlier in the podcast that um, a lot of Eden's content at the moment is kind of doing a merge over into talking about relationships, um, which is amazing amazing where we're doing a lot of that in the manifesto community this year i'm I'm in a year six in numerology like a relationship year uh we've just come out of a collective year six last year so i i just think that the necessity for teaching and immersion in relationships at the moment and and particularly with the help of the language of human design and gene keys to speak into that is just 
so necessary. And I, you know, I have been quietly sitting on the side, like clapping, clapping for you, my friend, like, yes, <laughs> yes, you are exactly a voice to speak into this. You are exactly um, the type of mind to contribute to that conversation. So um, for any of you that are, are really wanting to dive further into that aspect of relationships and what human design says about it, I mean, Eden's your girl, definitely, definitely go and get it. She's a, I've always, always referred to you as the prodigy. <laughs> Like, like Eden is not even out of her 20s. She's not even out of her 20s and she, <laughs> this is where she's at. So um, definitely, definitely get up in her space. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting and sharing your time and your thoughts and your experiences. I appreciate you. The audience appreciates you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I had so much fun. I always have fun when we talk, but this was a delightful conversation. I hope that all of your beautiful manifestors learned something today. Amazing. Of course, guys, as always, we will have all of the links to everything, to Eden's Instagram, whatever it is that she's got going on. All those links will be in the show notes. Definitely get onto her energy and start, start playing with what Eden brings to the world. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today in another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. We so enjoy having you here and whether you are listening to my insights or the wisdom of one of our other incredibly talented manifesto specialists, we really truly hope that you have taken away power, transformation and wisdom about your own manifesto magnificence. Before you go and switch off, we would be so humbly grateful if you could take the time to either leave a podcast review right on the platform that you're listening to, or if you feel like it, please do a share across your social media. We love to hear how each of the episodes is impacting you, and we love to provide an opportunity for you to inform us via social media. So please share a story or a post about this episode and tag us at The Manifesto Community. Until next time, please, Manifestors, keep hunting for purpose.